the, uh, the major set out at uh, Crane Road, I had mentioned a few weeks ago that uh, the one that was out in front of church, uh, that the baby Jesus uh, was missing. Somebody had taken him. And so there was all this conversation about what happened to him and where he was. Well, somebody brought him back and uh, let me know that uh, the reason why that they had taken him was because they had noticed that he was broken. And they went home and they fixed him, made him all better, you know? So wasn't that great? That, lo- that lovely major set. And then we also had the one that's in, <clears throat> in uh, the Crane Road Church, which is amazing. Uh, and then we have this one, which we've had for so long. I remember the first time that this came out. It was about 50 years ago. Ray, Ray Cobalt made this whole thing by hand. And, uh, you know, he, was in a, he actually and his son uh, put it together again. They do it every year. <clears throat> but it's so beautiful and stylized and, and, and lovely. And, um, but if you, if you think about it, this isn't what it looked like at all, right? Uh, maybe in a few elements, but most, most of this is, is, uh, is very artistic and lovely, and we like that. And, uh, but there are a lot of things that are missing uh, that should be there. If we were to make it realistic, what would it have? It would be cold. Uh, it would be dirty. Uh, it would uh, it would smell. It, it would, uh, you know, the the it would be noisy. All the animals and the wind and and the shepherds and <clears throat> the angels making all that racket and uh, uh, it would be that. There'd be a lot of uh, stuff from the animals on the ground that you have to kind of maneuver. Yeah, you know, this angel looks so nice, but it, you know, every time an angel pops up in scripture, what do they say? Don't be afraid. They must be terrifying visages, right? And and here it's so lovely, and who'd be afraid of that? Uh, but that's what we do with our our art, don't we? I mean, as I was looking at these windows, and they're all so beautiful. These moments, you know, the nativity right there, and all the way around. Uh, the way, what we do to the cross. I mean, this isn't what it looked like. Right? And we, we know that uh, it, was a, it was pretty brutal. If you watch Passion of the Christ, you have a, a pretty good sense of, of that. And, and in the shadow of uh, the cross falls on the manger. I mean, they're, they're bookends. So the nativity, the holy family that we celebrate today is, is, is this. It is God entering into our experience, into our dangerous politics and our violent world into the cold and the loneliness and the forsakenness. It's God entering into uh, our mess, our smells, our, our, our worries, anxieties, fears. Uh, it's entering into the most vulnerable situations and saying, I'm here for you. I'm here with you. I'm here as one of you. And God does that because he wants to build us into his kingdom, into his, his life. There's a, way for, there's a way that he does this that's so logical. He, it's revealed today, and certainly in Paul, Paul says, you know, this is, this is what you're about. And he says, you, you know, you forbear each other, you forgive, and you know, over all that you put on love. And then he talks about 
sing psalms and hymns and inspired, you know, inspired songs. He's talking about not only do you forbear and this is how you get along, but this is how you worship together as a family. You got to pray. There's this whole system that God has given to us that allows us to live in the world as we are, mess and everything, all of our brokenness, all of our, all of our burdens, and he's still going to use us to do what he wants to do with this world. So to put it another way, the, the most basic element of social life is, is marriage and the family. And those, those come from God, and God gives those to us so that we can, we can exist in the world in a way that changes the world into what God wants it to be. God is using marriage, he's using the family to build his kingdom. So it's absolutely essential that marriages and families are strengthened and strong so that they can bear the burden and carry the weight of what God wants the world to become. And you can see where the culture and civilization are faltering because of what? Because marriages and and families are going through a lot of difficulty. And so today it's a reminder to us, what do we need to do to do the work that God calls us to do We need to strengthen our marriages and we need to strengthen our families. And the answer is right here. If these are the bookends of Christ's life, and Christ's life is culminated from the beginning with vulnerability and fragility and suffering, it ends in vulnerability, fragility, and suffering. Somehow this is this is 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 an imperative for us. So how does that play out? Well, you look at the first moment of our existence is as a as a marriage it was it was adam and eve that covenant with god in the garden was a marriage and that marriage was united in god and strong and allowed a great intimacy between each other and with god until adam as the is the first husband is afraid that even though he was immortal and had the preternatural great graces one of which was immortality that he would not die, but here's Satan who comes along. He must have been terrifying because Adam lets him into his house. Adam, one of the jobs Adam had was to till and keep, guard and protect. That's liturgical language. His garden was a domestic church. It was his sanctuary. It's where he worshiped with his wife. And he, his job was to keep Satan out, and he didn't. He let Satan into his house. And all he had to do was say no, and he's like, all right, but if I, if I say no, he's going to kill me, and maybe that would have happened. But because God is a good father and can be trusted in all things, if he promised that Adam would not die, even if he dies, what's, he going, to ha- what's going to happen? God's going to raise him up. God didn't trust, or, Jesus, or Adam didn't trust. So here, here, here becomes, and, and all the recriminations, as Adam says, this woman you gave me, he's blaming God on the woman. The woman says, the serpent made me do it. She's blaming the serpent. It's, it, it's put them at odds with, with each other, with themselves, and with God, and with the world. And then this is how it all plays out. So God says, all right, this married couple in Eden now is going to become a family uh, with, uh, with Noah. That doesn't work out. He says, okay, we're going to grow the family into a tribe. That's with Abraham. That gets messed up. And he says, okay, let's try it this way. Let's have a, let's have a nation with Moses. We all know how that turned out. And so uh, the, the nation then, is, it, it carries them through to David, who is a king. So now you have a kingdom. 
And that points to what? The universal kingdom, the universal blessing that the church is going to be in the world through the new Adam, the new David, Jesus. And Jesus is going to do what Adam was afraid to do. What was Adam afraid to do? Die. What is Jesus going to do? Die. Adam was afraid that if he died, he wouldn't be raised up. Jesus says, Father, your will be done. Because he knows that God is a good father. And if God asks him to die, he will die because God is faithful. And so he's going to raise him up. And Jesus knows it. And so he does it. This is the key to the family. And Paul says it. And we don't like it. And all I ask is that when I say these words, you don't, you don't uh, turn me off. But wives, be subordinate to your husbands. You'd be like, oh, we don't like that language. Well, we should, brothers and sisters. Wives, be subordinate to your, to your husband. But husband, love your wife. How? As Christ loves his church, his bride. Husbands have to love theirs. What does Christ do to give birth to his church? To, to, to love his bride? He dies. From the crib to the cross, it's about the sacrifice that Jesus makes for us and how he asks us to share in that suffering so that we can build his kingdom. So a wife who's subordinated to her husband does so only because the husband earns that. The husband becomes Christ because he dies for his wife, his kids, his world. If a, if a husband does that, the wife looks at that and doesn't say, I don't want to subordinate myself, subordinate myself. I guess I'll have to do that. No, she says, that's Jesus. And we're all supposed to do it, aren't we? This is the logic. And this is why it's, we have a crisis of masculinity and of fatherhood. Because men don't want to die. We want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to have all the nice things, but we don't want to pay for it. And this is, the, this is the way that God has given to us in the world to work it out. We don't get to choose it. It's how it is. It's the logical order. And we cooperate with it or we don't. If we do, we have happy families. If we don't, our culture falls apart. And we see the evidence. Everything is traced back to the new Adam, to the new David, and death. And if we don't take up our cross every day and follow him, the world isn't going to work. And, and so, we look at this, we see St. Joseph. Don't you think he ever woke up and said, you know, what a jip. I got ripped off. I just wanted to be married and have a nice family, and now I've got the, you know, the incarnation and the immaculate conception watching every move I make. <laughs> when do I get my turn? Your turn will come, dads, husbands, in this life and in the life to come. You got, you, so if we, if we can just look at what, God, what the Lord has given to us and how he's asking us to live out our family life, if we can just get past our cultural biases and say, all right, for me to have the spiritual headship of my family as a husband and as a father, I have to lay down my life for my family. If I do that, then the natural response of my wife and kids is lead on, lead on, and I'm right there with you. 
we do that, this ultimate elemental building block of culture and society grows and thrives. And it goes from the marriage to the family to the tribe to the kingdom to the, to the nation to the kingdom and the universal blessing, which is the church, which is us. It's God's plan. On this feast of the Holy Family, well, we just ask, you know, for the for the courage as, as families to do it. And I know we live in a world where there's a lot of brokenness. Jesus shares in it. You know, we have marriages that end in divorce. We have single we have single parent families. Uh, we have people who are single. We can't people who can't have children. We have we have uh, you know. Uh, of brokenness in, in, in our relationships where spouses are at odds or they're at odds with their kids or people aren't praying or, or doing whatever. That's why the Lord brings it to a very small place. Your own life. Your own marriage. Your own family. You can manage. That's the sphere of your influence. Start praying. Start dying. And start loving. Put on the bond of charity. Dads, stop messing around. We depend on you. The world depends on you to make this work. And, and when you finally get to that place where you say, you know what, I want to do this. I want to die. That's when you find happiness in your vocation. We all want our world to look like this. A little, you know, painted plaster piety. <laughs> Everything is beautiful and, and lovely. And, it, and it, in a certain sense, it always is. But that beauty and loveliness and the part of, of the life that sometimes we, we wonder about is the very thing where the Lord enters in and uses it to build us up. Here's the thing, and I'll end it with this. By virtue of your family life, whatever your family looks like, you are being invited by the most high God to do his work and to build his church and to build culture and civilization. And you can do it. It's at your own. It's in your hands. It's in your family. That's, it's as far as you need to go to know what your job is. What a glorious, wonderful Opportunity and vocation. We should revel in the joy of being chosen by God to do the most important work. And there's nothing that we need that we don't already have. We just have to step into the mess and live it out. So, happy Holy Family. All right. Let's stand and pray.